Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Something else people are not happy with is the return to school and the school transport scheme. Thousands of families who use the transport scheme are waiting, are still waiting to hear if their children will be allocated a ticket for what seems to be a lottery system for the school bus. And it follows an unprecedented number of applications this year after the government announced that the school transport fees will be waived amidst the spiralling cost of living crisis. Minister of Education Norma Foley said it was a significant investment with families making a saving of €500. Euro. However, many parents and local politicians say the school transport scheme is now in chaos as children who use the service for years are now being refused a ticket because they are no longer deemed eligible. To talk to me a little bit more about it is the independent TD, Michael Fitzmaurice, and he joins me in the air. Good afternoon to you, Michael. Record numbers, 130,000 applications this year. Where are we going to get all these seats and buses? Now, the first thing is um, they're talking about, I think we need to just put a few things into perspective. The spin doctors are at play fairly well. We know there's, I don't know, 50,000, 60,000 kids every year set the leave insert and they're talking about new applic- uh, new applicants. Well, obviously uh, 40 or 50,000 new children will start start school, hopefully, right around the country and a, a large percentage of them will be their first application which you should be accounting for anyhow. There may be... 44,299 yeah, to be exact. Yeah, yeah but there may be, there may be 10,000 extra They've never booked tickets before, but let's put things into perspective that they knew about these kids, that they'd be turning four years or else they'd be going to secondary school. So in other words, they, this idea that suddenly we have extra people looking that never used the bus before is we'll a, have bit, some, a, is a little bit of a myth. We have some extra. Yeah. I'm not saying we haven't, but I, I but think we, we, but we have extra every year anyway is the point you're making. Right. Yes. You, well, like, you have a look at the leaving search every year, the number that does it, obviously the same amount as to start or roughly the same so amount. That's, that's normally between yeah, 60 and 70,000 people. Some yeah. of those in, in, won't ever be looking for a ticket because they may be in, near a school or whatever, but a certain percentage of them, a large percentage, would be looking for tickets. So I think we need, we need to put that into perspective. Second of all, a lot of the parents that's looking for tickets, Niall, never looked for a free ticket. They actually booked early on in the year. They put in the dunder, went to the portal. They were they actually had sent the money in and then this big hoo ha from the government that we are the great government we're going to now give <coughs> free school transport. And look at I would have always said and you know my views, you've heard it many a time on all this climate debate, but if you wanted to put out a good message and if you want to bring people into public transport, the low-hanging fruit was to make sure that, for God's sake, if you want to teach, if you teach them young, you get them into a system. And uh, the low-hanging fruit was to make sure that if you were doing this announcement that you'd get it right. But what has happened is that kids that are going to school for three, four years are being refused tickets. Some kids that would be new applicants get a ticket it's all over the shop. I, 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 and then you will hear, well, your nearest school. Well, I have, a, I have a family on this morning at three that's going to the secondary school in Glenamady near me for the last uh, four years. Um, and they were refused a ticket this morning. And then I have situations, Niall, where people got a ticket and two days later they get an email Oh well, it, it, there's no space in the bus for you. Now that's right. the chaos that's going on at the moment. I did, I did, I did hear one mother suggest that she was going to basically drop her son off at the side of the road in the hope that he might actually get a bus. Well, look, in fairness, and um, what you have to remember here is that parents are working. Um, like you've seen the and you've reported on it yourself, the numbers of people that are at work uh, at the moment were at an all-time high, and those parents would have a system that the kids could go down the road to where the bus stop or the allocated bus stop was 
uh, down through the years and they were safe and sound. They were brought to school, they were brought home and the parents were able to work. There are families now being put into a situation and I know one, I was speaking the other day to uh, one mother that said, I'm looking at the situation where I have to maybe have to give up school. There's also situations where there might be a child with a disability that the that, uh, the taxis would bring if they had a severe disability and they come at a certain time and the mother would be to be at work at nine o'clock then and they cannot fit the whole lot uh, in between. It's I look at it, it's a complete shambles. The government should be actually ashamed of themselves the way they're doing this. And the other part about it, like... Both Erdogan and the, and, uh, needs to look at this and look at this strong. The day you turn 70, and they're talking about shortage of drivers, there is, I don't know, I probably 100 drivers has contacted me that are turning 70. And like thanks, thankfully, we've moved on in health. If you're a driver of a bus, you have to have a yearly medical. So either you're fairly all right or you're not. And the day you turn 70 with bus Erdogan, you cannot drive a bus. But you know what, Niall? If you're in Dublin and you get a heap of Americans, the person that owns the bus in Dublin, a private bus, can bring them to Kerry or Galway or whatever because they're safe and that's it's no yep. fact that they're safe. But if you're working for Bus Airden, they have this little clause in at 70 years of age, you cannot do it. Or if you're a private bus that's hired into them, you cannot have that driver that's over 70 years of age, which is complete and utter madness. It looks like a lot of parents are going to be in a very tricky situation whereby they won't be able to go to work if they have to bring their kids to school. And also, I suppose we should be encouraging some to some level as well, kids to cycle or walk to school, well, like if, if indeed yeah, but, you can. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but, but, but let's, let's look at it out there. Yes, by all means, and I agree with you 100%, if you're near a school that you can walk or cycle, great, happy days. And um, But let's look at it in, in the realm in rural areas. There is schools that could be 15, 20 kilometres from you. You're not going to be able to basically cycle our, our walk to them. Um, and, you know, there's there's an opportunity here, and this is what I cannot understand. There's SUVs pulling up outside every school around the country with mammies dropping off kids and daddies dropping off kids. And here we have a situation, what I would call the low-hanging fruit, that a government can show by example. They're talking about cutting emissions and transport mail by, I think it's something like 70%. If they keep at the chaos they're on about, they'll actually increase the emissions. That's what they're going to do. Speaking of that, before you go, just uh, speaking of emissions and climate change and everything else, I know you're the chairperson of the Turf Cutters and Contractors yeah. Association. As and from, I suppose, when the Air Pollution Act 1987 comes in and people are not allowed to sell the turf anymore and uh, you can't go online and done deal or you can't go in your local newspaper, how is that going to work out? How are they, well, going, to, how are they going to enforce this clampdown? First of all, first of all, I'll just clarify one thing. Um, we would have uh, for tooth and nail there. Look at Minister Ryan was on about 300, how our villages are 300 and 500 and all the palaver that comes out of them because it, it really galls me what's going on at the moment. Um, the wording at the moment is that if you own a turf bank and there's 11 ways you can own a turf bank by the way, that you can cut it, that you can give it or that you can sell it. And what they are, that's the first part I want to make clear on to anybody that's listening. The one part that they have changed. Now, I'm not hung up about this because anyone that knows, um, say anyone that sells a trailer load of turf or whatever, they would go into a village and they'd sell a trailer load of turf and the neighbour would ask, what's it like, was a good turf and give me the number of whoever threw it off. I'm not hung up about the advertising of it, to be quite frank about it. But in the line of the fuel, mer- fuel merchants in around the cities or the larger towns or that don't own a bog, 
are the filling stations. Um, I think we need to put things into perspective, and this was one part that they didn't give us, and I was trying it to the nail for the simple reason. We are at a stage at the moment that there is a huge risk of being short of coal because everyone is grabbing it right around the world. We see Germany actually open coal mines trying to keep power, keep the lights on. We are at a stage that um, kerosene and diesel and all of that, you know, we're unaffordable. Warning, yeah. That, well, and that, whatever about being, whatever about uh, the price of them, that there is a huge risk that we could be rational. And for God's sake, one bit of material that's around the country that um, could be used to help some elderly person or whatever keep their feet warm or keep themselves warm within in their house. We're sort of telling them within the, the fuel merchants. What we should have done with that was the fuel merchants to say to them within in the large cities, look, over the next few years, to 2025, do what you're doing. And after that, then to get over the hump that we're in, because by God, we're in some hump at the moment. And by the way, Niall, I, I will well, actually... Well, you, well, you, well you, can't be, you can't be telling people out there, listen, you can't do this and you can't do that. But listen, we've nothing to replace it with for right now at the moment. You know, yeah, but I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you a better one, um, and I'll send you the video of it because I done a video last Sunday. They're talking about the lights out, and they're talking about a shortage of electricity. There's a wind farm here in County Galway. They've got the Kangaroo Court, that I would call it, of the European Court. Um, it's it's produced electricity for 17 years. It would supply the whole of County Galway. It actually, is enough when the wind is blowing, it obvious. And like I, my thoughts, I've my views on wind farms, and I'm no admirer of them. But when they're up, they're up. And when they're producing electricity, they're producing it. And this wind farm was closed last February because of a European Court decision that would power fifty thousand houses at any given day in this country. And we're looking at it standing still while we're telling the people of Ireland right around the area that you. Uh, broadcast to that maybe they might have no electricity or maybe they could be cold in their house. So now you'd wonder who's what's running well, the Well, the house. argument is, of course, they can't store the electricity from the wind turbines, sadly. Well, it doesn't seem but like Niall, Niall these, aren't, these aren't even running at the moment. I know, I've seen a few of them. I was out the other day and no, I've seen a few of them. And there was a fair down. bit of wind this, and there wasn't, was they weren't moving. Yeah, but this was shut down by a European order, even though 17, it was producing 11 million Euros worth of electricity for the last fifteen years. They're up. They're there. So why not? Why would we shut down the whole farm when it's up and running Absolutely. and not give it the opportunity? That's and what, and what about the importing of turf? Will, will we still be doing it? Yeah. Well, they don't imp- it's not turf you import. It's it's uh, well, the peat briquettes are imported. Peace. Yeah. Um, and peat, but there is a certain amount of peat around at the moment. But look at this government is totally against having our own resources, be it wind. Or be like we know, and it's you've covered it yourself in the line of gas that we could have pumped gas down into the Kinsale well to make sure we had enough. We could have stored it. We could have gone and changed all our systems and said we're going to now that Europe and the Great Europe that told us gas was dirty for years is now a green product, um, and we could have gone out and go give licenses to explore for more gas. Because what we are like, in my opinion, we are gone as a country like the bird in the nest. We have our mouth open trying to wait for the worm to drop into us. By the way, by the way do, you, do you think, like the British have suggested that they're going to do, do you think we should go back to fracking? I know fracking is illegal in this country now, uh, but do, do you believe we should get rid of those laws and go back to fracking again and look for a bit of gas and oil, which experts believe, by the way, there's billions of barrels of it off the Irish Sea. 
the, the fracking in the line, I believe that there's enough gas up the Irish coast. That's the first thing we should explore. The fracking, you have to be careful in certain areas and, course, yeah. and water and water and all that. Now, that's been, that's been honest with you. But in the line of the sea, there was plenty of capacity from what we would have heard uh, for more, basically more exploration to be done that would bring us a gas. And on top of that, um, while some of our oil wells that they would have um, hit would be not um, basically economic as what oil was when it was 40 50 $60 a barrel. And what oil has gone to now, I think we should be re-looking at all these things. Because listen, we are on a wing and a prayer in this country. We are relying on everyone else from somewhere else to uh, basically supply us. And this is driven by a European agenda as well. We nearly want to now... The meat we eat, they're trying to get it from Brazil where they're cutting down the rainforest. Well, I, as you speak, by the way, I don't know whether you've heard this, just as you speak there now, it looks like another hike uh, we've just seen announced there. SSE Electricity have just increased gas bills by 39% and electricity by 35.4%. Literally just coming yeah. on the news there now. Well, like, and I, I'm dealing with businesses and like people would get shocked. Some of the people that ring me at the moment that I'm on about food businesses and when I talk about food is selling groceries and they're fairly large ones. If businesses don't get, and this is in the budget, whatever you know, whatever they want to go doing in the budget, what we need to at least do is fifty percent of a, a cushion the rates for the businesses in this country because they're wobbling at the moment. That's what's happening at okay, the moment. Okay, but just finally, and I know I keep saying finally to you, I'm sorry, but, uh, but in relation to what we were talking about in the first era, and we spoke to Mabs, we spoke to uh, Bonkers.ie, uh, and as we can see, in the first quarter next year, we're going to be paying more than we did in the whole of 2020 for energy, right? That's what people are going to be paying yeah. in their, in their yeah. homes, right? Which is basically, we're going to be paying three times the price. I mean, yeah. the government have said, and what their answer is, and the regulator's answer is, oh, well, look, we're, going to, we're not going to cut you off for two years. So if you didn't pay your bill for two years and you can't afford it, you don't be worrying, you won't be cut off. But all we believe, and Mabs believes, and Bonkers Tully even said the same thing, but it's a stick and plaster, that it's basically just going to encourage people to get into more debt. Do you think it's a good idea to have a moratorium for two years? Whereby people... I, do, I, 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 don't, I don't believe anybody should be cut off, but the day you kick the ball down the road that you have to face it sooner or later is a day that is a dangerous day because we've seen it in the banking sector before, Niall. You've covered it yourself. And we've seen it in other sectors. Kicking the ball down the road doesn't solve the problem. You've got to face up to the reality that's there at the moment. And we have got to make sure that we put enough of cushions in place. We have no control. There's no point in saying to someone, and to be very popular, to say we can put a, a cap on this, that, and the other. If we say to some oil company, we're putting a cap on the price that you're getting for oil here, they'll go somewhere else because there's plenty of a demand. The same for gas. So what we have to do is true exchequer is trying to cushion the blow as much as possible but I have a horrid fear uh, what's round the corner in January and February I fear a recession because I'm watching businesses at the moment and they will not stick what's going on Should the government is it time for the government to step in look what French, the French did now don't get me wrong I know they have nuclear power um, but they've nationalised it they've capped the cost of energy the government could come up with billions to solve the problem when we had Covid they can come up, and I don't want to have a go again at people coming from a war-torn country, but they can come up with billions at the cost of helping people from Ukraine, which in course, which is a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, although we should have capped the numbers a long time ago. Um, is it time for the government to step in and say, we're going to cap these electricity bills and we will pay the rest? Because, well, because, yeah, I, because people just cannot afford it. I think, I think with the way electricity is going, because I'm, I'm watching even uh, last week, I was dealing with a few businesses 
they were out of contract and Lord God what they're paying for they won't survive and if we don't put cushions in hopefully it will be for a short term but if we don't put cushions in in the line of government uh, making sure that there's a limit to everything um, we will be in trouble as a country and look at the other flip side of this is Niall and you know this that um, if Europe goes into recession, which is a strong possibility with the way things are going at the moment in February or March, you will see then probably energy prices dropping because with the recession, energy prices course, drop. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we have done here is... Well, you might see mortgage prices increase even yeah, more. But the, yeah, but this is the problem. We have, we're, we're dealing with mortgage prices um, in, in increase in a totally different uh, scenario than it was in 2008 or nine. In 2008 or nine, we had a building bubble. And that's when you needed to put in to raise the mortgage in, the mortgage rates. At the moment, we're rising mortgage interest rates for something that's totally out of control because it's energy prices that's causing the problems. In relation to just finally, I know the doll is off at the moment. Um, and I know you're all on holidays. And by the way, well, 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 you're still working. I know you're still working. By the way, there's a lot of complimentary text coming in. But somebody says, by the way, why can't we have Michael running the country? He's spot on. Okay, but the doll is off at the moment. But from what you're hearing and talking to your colleagues, do you believe there's a prospect of power outages? Yes. So you think uh, yeah, that's I a do. definite prospect? I do, yeah. I, I, like, uh, if you were to go on everything, and I was talking to a uh, former minister this morning, because we had bad news down this country um, in in the in relation to a, a milk processing plant that's closing in Kilconnell. I was I was talking to former minister Martin who, was, who said that a lot of this stuff was known in two thousand and seventeen and two thousand and eighteen, and unfortunately it wasn't listened to. We went down the road of taking the risk, which was like the song "The Gambler," and we've gone down the road that uh, this green agenda has been pushed. And the green agenda is now upside down for the simple reason we now know that when the wind doesn't blow, that we have to have alternative, be it gas or be it diesel, and we have to live in a re- in, re- in reality. Lovely. In 20 or 30 years' time, if we have enough of batteries or if we have some magic system of stored electricity, then that's great. We'll be able to have a different system or when hydrogen is perfected. These are the things that's down the road. It's like Nancy Griffith's song, Looking at a Distance. Looking uh, from, from a, a Distance. <laughs> uh, and, and what we are doing is we're cutting off our nose. And to be quite frank about it, there's a huge risk that with the way Europe, and like this is Europe as well, we're, we, they are, if you see what they're doing to farmers, have a look at as Holland, have a look at as what the dreams they have around this country in the line of their green agenda. And if we keep going down this road, we will see food, food shortages and energy shortages in the name of this green agenda. And it might be time people would wake up and see what's happening. All right, listen, thank you very much indeed. And I appreciate you, appreciate you coming on the air, Michael. Thank you. All right, there you go, uh, TD, Michael Fitzmaurice. Um, and I, I don't doubt for a minute that he would be wrong. I do believe there will be food shortages. I do believe there will be energy shortages. I do believe there will be power cuts. I, I do believe mortgage prices are going to increase a little bit more. And I do believe there will be a recession. And I think the best economists in the world will probably predict that as well. I don't think Michael is far off the mark when he's predicting all of that. Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.